A review of the miracle trial, the effects of atorvastatin on early recurrent ischemic events and acute coronary syndromes. The study was published in JAMA 2001. Background. Statin therapy had been shown to improve blood cholesterol and improve long-term outcomes in patients with stable coronary artery disease with significant effects evident after two years of treatment. These early trials excluded patients with recent acute coronary syndromes and thus the possibility of early benefit from statin therapy in this patient population was untested. But patients with ACS are the most vulnerable to experiencing recurrent events in the early period following an initial event and certain physiologic effects of statins were theorized to be beneficial during this period. These effects included improvement in endothelial function, decreased platelet aggregation, and thrombus deposition, and reduced vascular inflammation. The myocardial ischemia reduction with aggressive cholesterol lowering, MIRACLE, M-I-R-A-C-L study, sought to test the hypothesis that early treatment with high-dose atorvastatin in patients with unstable angina or non-Q-wave AMI would reduce early ischemic events and death. Patients. Eligible patients were older than 18 years of age of, and experienced unstable angina or non-QA of MI within the 24-hour period before hospitalization. The definition of unstable angina was strictly applied, and in contemporary practice, all of these patients would meet criteria for non-STEMI. Patients were excluded for the following reasons. A serum cholesterol greater than 270 milligrams per deciliter, but there was no limit Another criteria, if coronary revascularization was planned or anticipated at the time of screening. Another, evidence of Q-wave AMI within the preceding four weeks, or cabbage surgery within the preceding three months, or PCI within the preceding six months, or left bundle branch block or paste rhythm, or severe heart failure, or concurrent treatment with other lipid-lowering agents, such as vitamin E or drugs associated with rhabdomyolysis in combination with statins or severe anemia or renal failure requiring dialysis or hepatic dysfunction as monitored by an ALT greater than two of the upper limits of normal or insulin-dependent diabetes or pregnancy or lactation. Baseline characteristics. The average age of patients was 65 years and two-thirds were men, 86% of patients were white, approximately one-quarter of patients had had a prior MI, 23% had non-insulin-dependent diabetes, and just over half had hypertension. The average time to randomization from the hospital admission was 2.5 days. The inclusion event was unstable angina in 46% and non-Q-wave MI in the remainder. Non-cholesterol-lowering cardiac medications were similar prior to, during, and following the hospitalization index event. Trial procedures. Between 24 and 96 hours after hospital admission, patients received either a torvastatin 80 mg per day or a matching placebo for 16 weeks. Treating physicians were instructed not to measure serum lipids in the local hospital laboratory during the study period. All patients received instructions and counseling on low cholesterol diet. Patients were seen in follow-up 
two, six, and 16 weeks after initiation of therapy. Lab testing was performed centrally at baseline and at 16 and 16 weeks. Endpoints. The primary endpoint of the miracle trial was a composite of all-cause death, non-fatal MI, cardiac arrest with resuscitation, or recurrent symptomatic myocardial ischemia with objective evidence requiring emergency hospitalization. The recurrent ischemia endpoint required both exacerbation of the patient's usual symptoms and new objective evidence of ischemia with definite change from a comparison study performed after the index ischemic event. Secondary endpoints were the occurrence of each component of the primary composite endpoint, as well as non-fatal stroke, new or worsening heart failure requiring hospitalization, worsening angina requiring hospitalization, but without evidence of ischemia, coronary vascularization, time to first occurrence of any primary or secondary endpoint, and percent changes in blood lipid levels from baseline to 16 weeks. Initial sample size requirement of 2,100 patients was based on an assumption of a 20% primary composite event rate in the control group and a 14% rate in the atorvastatin treated group, or 17% overall rate, with an alpha of 0.05 and 95% power. The sample size was then increased to 3,000 patients upon the recommendation of the steering committee. This after a blinded analysis of pooled data from the first 1,260 patients indicated the event rate was lower than anticipated. It was 13% overall. A sample size of 3,000 patients would confer a 95% power to detect a 30% relative treatment effect an 80% power to detect a 25% relative effect at an alpha level of 0.05. Trial results. 3,086 patients were included in the final analysis. These were split just about evenly between placebo and atorvastatin group. All patients were followed for 16 weeks. Compared to placebo, atorvastatin significantly reduced the risk of the primary composite endpoint. The relative risk, 0.84. The absolute rates were 14.8% versus 17.4%. The 95% confidence intervals of that 0.84 relative risk reduction ranged from 0.70 to 1.00, and the p-value calculated at 0.048. For the individual components, there were no significant differences in death, non-fatal MI, or resuscitated cardiac arrest, but there was a statistically significant reduction in the endpoint of emergency rehospitalization for recurrent symptomatic ischemia. In this case, the relative risk reduction was 0.74. The absolute values were 6.2% versus 8.4%. The 95% conference interval of this specific component of the primary endpoint range from 0.57 to 0.95. For the secondary endpoints, there were significant reductions in stroke in the atorvastatin group, but this was based on a very small number of events. Perhaps unexpectedly, there was a numerical increase, increase 
and coronary revascularization procedures in the atorvastatin group, despite there being a statistically significant reduction in emergency hospitalizations for recurrent ischemia, as mentioned above. Data on subgroups was not presented. Compliance with prescribed study treatments was 86% in the atorvastatin group and 88% in the placebo group. Treatments were discontinued prematurely in 11.2% of the atorvastatin group compared to 10.3% in the placebo group. No serious adverse events occurred with a frequency of more than 1% in either group. An increase in LFTs greater than three times the upper limits of normal occurred in 2.5% in the atorvastatin group and 0.6% of patients in the placebo group. Three of these patients in the atorvastatin group were hospitalized with hepatitis and each case resolved following discontinuation of the drug. There were no documented cases of myositis. After 16 weeks, LDL cholesterol had increased by an adjusted mean of 12% to 135 milligrams per deciliter in the placebo group and decreased by adjusted mean of 40% to 72 milligrams per deciliter in the atorvastatin group. Total cholesterol and triglycerides also decreased significantly in the atorvastatin group compared to placebo, and there were no significant changes in HDL cholesterol. Conclusions In patients admitted to the hospital with non-Q-wave acute coronary syndromes, high-dose atorvastatin significantly reduced the composite primary endpoint of cardiovascular events over the first 16 weeks of treatment with an NNT number needed to treat of 38. However, this was driven by a reduction in emergency hospitalizations for recurrent ischemia. There is no evidence from this trial that statin therapy reduces the individual endpoints of death or non-fatal MI over this period, nor did it reduce coronary vascularization, which is counterintuitive given the significant increase in emergency hospitalizations for recurrent ischemia. Coronary revascularization events were twice as likely to occur as emergency hospitalizations. The external validity of the trial is limited by the restricted nature of the study population. Patients were excluded if revascularization was planned during initial admission, which in many places is the standard of care for acute coronary syndrome up to the present day. Furthermore, Higher risk of ACS subgroups were excluded, including patients with insulin-dependent diabetes, advanced heart failure, and end-stage renal disease. The relatively unimpressive clinical benefit observed in miracles should not be assumed to extend to such patients. It would not be unreasonable to conclude that the results from miracle do not apply to the average patient with ACS in contemporary practice.